You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. So it's episode number 47. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and this episode, we're going to be in Zimbabwe. It's going to be country number 20 on this trip so far and my 13th country in Africa. Also, we'll be covering about 350 miles, taking us up to about 20,600 miles of the 30,000 miles I did, which is just crazy, really. <laughs> We've also been on the road for about 290 days so far. And before we go any further, I just need to give you a little quick explanation <laughs> of the next few episodes. Because I stupidly didn't write in my journal for like three months. So this is literally all going to be from memory the next few episodes. Some things I remember much clearer than others. So it's not going to be nearly as detailed as my episodes thus far, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Keep it uh, more succinct, I guess. And I haven't done a review for so long. So we're going to do one of those today too before we go any further. This is actually an email. It says, I really love listening to your podcast. I have never missed a single one. I feel like I am on that journey with you and it takes me away from here for a little while when I listen. It's definitely my travel substitute for COVID-19 pandemic times. Take care and hopefully you will visit us sometime in the future. And that is from Crystal, who is in Palestine. As we know, they're going through hell right now. So my heart goes out to her and to everyone in Palestine, as well as, you know, the innocent people in Israel. I don't get wars. I don't think they accomplish anything except destroy places and kill innocent people. So I really hope this, you know, ceasefire happens and, and continues for a long time. Because wars suck. And, you know, I've been to 75 countries, or 76 countries, sorry, uh, around the world. And I've met people from all over. And I'll tell you what, most people are generous, kind, good-natured, will help you out. And it's the politics and the media that are just kind of the bad things, really. Yes, I cannot wait for COVID-19 to be over or at least under control with people vaccinated because I too miss traveling quite a lot. Luckily, I got to go to Central America just before lockdown in 2020. I got back in early March. Yeah, if I hadn't got that trip in, oh my God, I'd be going crazy because in Ontario, Canada, where I am right now, we're like entered our fourth complete lockdown. It's ridiculous because our premier sucks ass. <laughs> He's just useless. Anyways, okay, that's enough of my little political rant, because I could be a, here on the whole episode, to be honest. <laughs> so let's get back to good old Africa and Zimbabwe. Also, remember, like, this is 1993, so we're in about November 
So the last entry I wrote was November 9th, 1993, and then I didn't write again until February 2nd, 94. So you're going to have to bear with me for a little few episodes. On my way back up from Durban, South Africa, back up to Nairobi, I, I wrote again. So <laughs> it'll be a little bit uh, better that. Yeah, I, I'm traveling on my own, and I went, I just kind of left Malawi where I got malaria. I am dysentery at the same time, so that was fun. I was so, so sick for about five days to a week and got some medication. So it still took me a few weeks to completely, you know, get back to normal. Plus my blood illness on top of that. So it was like a triple whammy. It really was not great. (laughs) Anyways, finally made it to Harare, Zimbabwe, the capital, and got taken to this backpacker's, I guess kind of like a hostel that my friends in Malawi told me about. And it's called Backpack Connects. And it was awesome. It was outside of Harare, so in the country. It was this huge house. So you could rent like single rooms, or I think they might even had a couple of dorm rooms as well. But I, I had a single room. And it was great, like just huge backyard space, really. And they had tennis courts and a swimming pool and hammocks and a pool table and TV and VCRs. Not that you kids would know what VCRs are, <laughs> but they had lots of movies and things like that. So that was huge for me. Um, I ended up staying there for a week, which was an awesome place to recuperate because there's also lots of other cool travelers there. And when I was there, I met this uh, English guy, Warren, and he'd actually done what I had done. Like He came from England down, he was making his way down to Cape Town. But he had a Land Rover, this old English Land Rover that he had bought. So he had driven down. So he had his own vehicle. In the 16 months I was on this trip, I'd never met anyone else that went from Paris to Cape Town. So then I went back to Nairobi, <laughs> halfway back up Africa, just via public transport or hitching. Except for my friend Casey, who I left with, but then he bailed from Kenya and went to live in England for a year. So, sorry, Casey, doesn't count. <laughs> even though he did come back and, and went from Nairobi to Cape Town. But it was a year later in England, so he thinks it counts, but it doesn't. <laughs> and I definitely didn't meet another woman who did this. I did meet a couple other guys, but again, they had motorcycles, like their own transport. So I was pretty famous, or at least well-known in Africa, because I was just known as the crazy Canadian chick, <laughs> which I took as a badge of honor, so no biggie. So yeah, I met Warren. And he, on his way, he picked up this Kiwi guy from New Zealand called Ollie or Oliver. So he's called him Ollie. And then they picked up these two Australian girl cousins, Lisa and Nay. So the four of them have been traveling together for a couple of weeks, I think. And I knew that it was going to be much harder for me to travel through Zimbabwe, like the places I wanted to go in Zimbabwe, as well as Namibia to get down to Cape Town because... Zimbabwe and Namibia just didn't have a lot of public transport. And, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to probably hitch a lot, which was fine. I had done some hitching, well, quite a bit of hitching throughout, but I was usually always with someone else. You know, and I was only, I just turned 24. So, and this was my first ever backpacking trip. Talk about jumping into the deep end, (laughs) like willingly. (laughs) Anyway, so I got chatted to these four people and we hit it off really, really well. Going where I wanted to go through the places I want to go in Zim and and heading down to Cape Town. And I think one night over some beers, 
they discussed, well, they knew I was going the same way as them. So they kind of, the four of them went off and had a little five minute discussion to see if I could be, you know, join the crew, really. So they came back later and like, okay, yeah, we think we can squeeze you in. I was just like, oh my God, that's so awesome. Because Warren's Land Rover, he had bolted a car seat on the roof. Your back would be to the way he was driving. So your legs could stretch out on top of the, the Land Rover. And it was awesome. Like you, I, 360 view of Africa. Like I sat up on there all the time, basically. And, you know, they'd feed me a speaker up there. I'd sometimes have a beer, maybe a joint. <laughs> I'd just watch Africa go by 360. It was amazing. So I ended up uh, nicknaming us the Commonwealth Crew because we had Brit, Aussie, Kiwis, and Canadians. So spent literally two months every day with these guys. And we, well, yeah, went, got down to Cape Town together. Yeah, so it's really annoying that I didn't write in my journals, to be honest. Because I was writing long letters, like, I don't know, 10, 12-page letters to my friend Claire, who I had traveled around Lake Victoria with for two months. So I was writing to her instead of writing my journal. I mean, I did not know that 27 years later I'd be doing a podcast and those notes might come in handy. But hey, so like I said, bear with me because this is literally all from memory and from a big map that I had of the southern part of Africa. And I had, I'd marked my route on there. So luckily that kind of triggered some memories too. I was like, oh yeah, I went there. Anyways, so we went to, we left the backpackers hostel. Like I said, I was there for about a week. And then we went to Harare, just, uh, which is the capital of Zimbabwe, just to stock up on supplies because we all had camping gear. So we, we knew we were going to do a lot of camping. So yeah, didn't spend a lot of time in Harare. It's, you know, it's just, it's a big city. It is actually one of the nicer capital cities in Southern Africa. Got our you know, groceries and things like that. And then headed to the Pugwe Gorge and waterfalls. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, this whole, the whole eastern part, well, actually most of Zimbabwe, but the eastern part of Zimbabwe is in the most southern part of the Great Rift Valley. So it's absolutely stunning. There's lots of, also there you have the mountains in Zimbabwe as well. Yeah, so it's very green. It's not very inhabited with people even now. And lots of, you know, mountains, ravines, gorges, rivers, things like that. It's really, it's absolutely beautiful. But to get to Pungwe Gorge, you definitely need to have a four-wheel drive even now because the roads, there's not many roads and the roads are super bad, full of potholes. So luckily, I now had one of those. <laughs> and the, the Pungwe River, it runs about 400 miles, so... It starts in like swamplands kind of in Zimbabwe, and then it, it runs through Mozambique to the Indian Ocean. So it's a pretty important tributary for Zimbabwe and Mozambique as well. Yeah, after we checked out the gorge and the falls, we then went to Mutarazi National Park and Waterfalls, because it's only about 12 kilometers away, and you pay one park entrance fee to go to both of them. So Mutarazi National Park, it's about two and a half thousand hectares, so it's pretty big size. Not really well known. Like a lot of people did not go to too many I mean, the national parks that most people go to in Zimbabwe is Mana Pools, which we didn't we debated but we didn't go because it was north and we were kind of heading east and west. But anyway, so at Mutarazi National Park and the waterfalls there are the second highest waterfalls in Africa and the 17th highest waterfall in the world. 
So we went to check out those falls and there's kind of like two, two different falls that are quite close together. Absolutely beautiful. Again, they drop like something like two and a half thousand feet. So about 760 meters. And it's just stunning because it's just this huge gorge and you kind of come to the edge and look at it. it it's so beautiful. And all these places, we're like the only ones there. <laughs> so that was really cool too. Also in this area, there is a lot of tea plantation or tea estates. So a lot of tea from Africa is grown in this area. So from there, we headed to Vumba Botanical Gardens and Reserve. It's about 32 kilometers outside Matari, which is a smaller city in Zimbabwe. Again, it's still set in the Vumba Mountains, so the highlands of Zimbabwe. Just, it's really, like I said, it's a beautiful area. And the Vumba Botanical Gardens, there's just all these like high mountains and lush green natural forests. There's lots of pine and wattle trees, as well as rivers and deep ravines. And then the garden is just full of plants. So they also have a lot of local orchids and ferns there and they're just like footpaths and you walk around it's really chilled really peaceful there was hardly anyone else there <laughs> and there's also a, a very famous hotel there called Le leopard rock hotel and i guess the queen's mother stayed there and she said it was the most beautiful area of africa so the queen's mom says so <laughs> you know it's gotta be pretty nice <laughs> And they also have one of the most beautiful golf courses in Africa, if not the world there, too. So if you're into golf, there you go, Leopard Rock Hotel. We just camped there for the night because, you know, we've done a lot that day. And it was great. Like I said, we all each had our own tent. And with Land Rover, like, we could, you know, get jugs of water and things like that. So we were very, now you know, self-sufficient. And then we just always like to have a bonfire and cook over the bonfire. Plus, I had my little camping stove, too. I think they did. They probably had one or two as well. I think the next day we went hiking because there's lots of hiking trails and you can climb certain, like a few mountain peaks as well. And you know me, I love climbing the mountains. <laughs> so you can go out, climb either like Vumba Mountain or Castle Beacon. So I think we climbed Castle Beacon. And obviously, as you can imagine, you just... The scenic views from up there are just stunning. And it's just so peaceful. Like you just, you know, there's lots of birds there. Not not a lot of animals, but, you know, especially animals that will kill you. <laughs> Lions and things like that. Leopards, hyenas, whatever. It's more just antelopes and birds, really. So, yeah, very peaceful. Nothing to worry about. So from there, we went to Chermanamani National Park. I'm not sure if that's how it's said. Which borders Mozambique. And again, yeah, like I said, I keep saying, but the, the whole area is so beautiful and stunning. You have, you know, the craggy massifs and then deep valleys and waterfalls and forests and grasslands. And there's wildflowers as well as wild orchids, which you see when you're walking along. So if you like Mother Nature, this is the place to go. It was absolutely beautiful. It was really lovely to just get out in the wild like that. Also, there's no roads through the park, so just kind of there's a few entrances you can get to. And in the eastern part of the park, there is an entrance where you can come in. It's kind of like the base camp, I guess. And you can park your cars, vehicles, as well as they have campground and picnic area and things like that. So we, we parked in there, but then we decided that we were going to go like go on a three-day hike or 
went without a guide. Really not smart. <laughs> and we were going to go to Bridal Vale Falls, as well as Pork Pie Mountain, which is nearby, which is about 2,000 meters. So we went to both of them. And we actually climbed Pork Pie Mountain, and views incredible. So we did that first. And then we decided, we spent one night at the campground. Then we decided we were going to do like a two-day hike. Well, the trail, like those, to those two places, the trails are, are okay. But the rest of the places, the trails will just get overgrown or just peter out. We didn't, of course, know this at the time. So I think we might have asked someone that worked at the park or something, you know, directions. But yeah, we definitely probably should have got a guide. Anyways, we set off and there's all these really big caves as well. And like I said, lots of rivers and mountains and, you know, ravines and stuff like that. And yeah, absolutely beautiful. We kind of found a trail. We followed that and we got about halfway up this mountain and we found this awesome cave. So we're like, okay, we'll just stay here for the rest of the afternoon and sleep in the cave. All good. We did that. We had dinner and had a bonfire in the cave and everything. And then we all got our, you know, got into our sleeping bags and I was near the edge. Warren and I were kind of near the edge of the cave, 10 minutes from the edge of the cave. And the other three were a little bit further into the cave. Well, that night, this crazy thunderstorm came out of nowhere. And we obviously, this cave must have been like off of a river or something. I don't know. The next thing I know, get woken up. Warren and I are almost swept over to the, the edge of the cave. You know, it was a few hundred meters drop onto rocks. <laughs> Woke up just in time, grabbed onto rocks, and Ollie and Leonie and they grabbed us, and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> it's like, of course it would happen to me. Of course it would. Anyways, so we didn't die. That was great. <laughs> But of course, now we're soaking wet, including our sleeping bags. All of our groceries has been swept away. Luckily, our backpacks weren't because, I, you know, I had all our stuff in there. But uh, yeah, we kind of then decided, right, I think we're, <laughs> we're just going to go back today <laughs> and not go, not go further into the wilderness because we're not going to tempt Mother Nature any further. So yeah, we just kind of went back to the campground. But, oh, my goodness. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Okay, so just going to wrap it up this week there. So tune in to next week's episode where we're going to be going to Bulawayo and then to Victoria Falls. No, I have a good memory of Vic Falls. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. When I was in Zimbabwe in 93, 94, it was like one of the richest countries in Africa. It was very prosperous. It was doing great. They had a lot of, you know, tea plantations and, and things like that, very sustainable for themselves. And I think it might have been maybe one U.S. dollar to 10 Zim dollars. Well, unfortunately, I think early 2000s when the president, I don't know, he was a bit crazy basically, <laughs> and he stole lots of money from the government, put it into Swiss bank accounts. But also he rounded up a lot of the like white colonial families that have been living there for generations and ha who owned a lot of the farmlands and tea plantations. And he basically just took the land back, said he was going to give it to local people. But I think he kept most of it for the government, to be honest. I don't know 100% facts on that. So double check. I know he did kick out a lot of people. And around the same time, Zim just kind of went downhill. They had hyperinflation. They had 
huge unemployment. And now, sadly, it's like the 27th poorest country in the world. And one of the poorer countries in Africa. And they have something like an 80 to 90% unemployment rate. You know, so obviously very high poverty rate as well. Which again, it's just so sad. For doing this podcast and, and researching all, all the places that I went back then to see how they've changed. And sadly, some of them are much worse than they were when I was there. So nowadays, it's about 360 Zim dollars to one US dollar. So when I was there, it might have been about seven to 10, something like that. But if you were to go, because it is, like I said, beautiful country and they need your tourist dollars. So obviously, whenever COVID, we're allowed to travel. I mean, it is opening up a little bit with vaccine passports and stuff like that. So hopefully not too much longer. A Zimbabwean visa is $30 for 30 days for a single entry or $45 for 45 days, but double entry. Or if you want to stay a whole year, it's $160 for one year multiple entry. So that's tip one. Tip two is for Pengue Gorge and Mutawazi National Park. For the same price, you get to go to both places. So it's $50 for the national park fees uh, for adults and $25 for kids. And then at Mutawazi Falls, so the, the second highest falls in Africa, they have what's called a skywalk. So you can go walk along. You can cross over two bridges. It looks amazing. It was not there <laughs> in my days. <laughs> and that would be $40 for adults and $20 for kids. And then they also have what they call the skyline. So that's a zip line, which is 500 meters in the air, and it goes about 400 meters. And that's $60 for adults. Now, I went zip lining for my first time in Costa Rica last year. It was amazing. <laughs> and I think it's one of the longest zip lines. Well, it's the longest one in South America. I don't know if in the world, but one of the zip lines was 1.5 kilometers. This one is 400 meters, so three times over. But either one, beautiful. Because this one, the zip line, you go right near the falls too, so it'll be pretty cool. And then tip number three is for Umba Botanical Gardens. So that is, like I said, it's about 30Ks outside in Mutari, and it's $10 in tree fee. And it, it's beautiful. And there is, like, it's part of the a reserve. So I think you, you can, yeah, you can camp there as well. And then, of course, for Chimanamani, I'm not sure about how much the cost are, is there. So you'd have to look that up. Sorry, couldn't find it. And then for solo female travelers, I would say be careful in Harare, especially at night. You know, at nighttime, definitely get taxis or go in groups of people like you meet other travelers there. And yeah, probably don't hike solo because <laughs> you never know. You can be swept out of a cave. <laughs> I know I've done a lot of hiking solo on this trip, but don't necessarily do what I do. Just do what I say. <laughs> I remember that saying goes. <laughs> but besides that, I think Zim's pretty, pretty safe. Of course, you can go over to the website for any more info, although I really need to get up to date on that, <laughs> as well as my YouTube channel, but there's both there. <laughs> so it's manyroadstraveled.com, two L's and traveled. Okay, and until next week when we go to Victoria Falls, safe travels, one more at a time. 